S&T Partnership Forum is chaired by NASA, and then they have partner organizations, the US Space Force and NRO. And what they saw is that we're on a trajectory to grow the space economy, space industry to a trillion dollars by somewhere around 2040, maybe sooner, right? And we really needed, as a result of that research that they were doing, they saw we really needed public-private partnership to break down the silos. So at that point in time, they started engaging the private sector. And throughout the course of engaging the private sector, they uh, approached a couple of different companies and then the National Cybersecurity Center. And together, we all decided that we're going to really stand up this organization kind of at their request. The White House requested, suggested, said this needs to happen. They're all in to support a public-private partnership. But they really, as I keep saying, you know, this is led by the private sector. It's not led by the government. They needed some nonprofit to serve in an intermediary role. That's my primary background, is forming essentially technology transfer or public-private partnership type groups out of nonprofits. This is Jason Canigan for the Cold Star Project. I'm here with Aaron Miller, who is the VP of Ops for the Space ISAC at the National Cybersecurity Center. So this is an information sharing and analysis center. That's what the uh, ISAC stands for. And we're going to find out what that is and what she's doing with it. Uh, she has a pretty cool background. So let's get into it. Thanks for being here, Aaron. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna ask some uh, rat-a-tat-tat type questions here that I hope don't sound too interrogation-like, but um, so your field is pretty acronym heavy, right? There's a lot of buzz phrases and that. Let's begin with what an ISAC is. Mm -hmm. Well, you got it right, Information Sharing and Analysis Center. There's also another thing out there called Information Analysis Organization, ISAO. So uh, not to be confused, although the two are very similar, they both support critical infrastructure uh, the ISACs have typically been, uh, they fall under a presidential directive that asked for the government, uh, in particular the U.S. government, uh, to come together with the private sector to collaborate. Um, so it's a partnership, like it sounds like a P3, and uh, be able to protect cybersecurity of a critical infrastructure. So in our case, we're looking at space. Uh, there's a lot of other ISACs out there. Um, during my last round of research on the topic, I think I came up with about 30 others. Um, the International Council of ISAOs and the, um, the International Community for ISACs, which is called National Council of ISACs, they all have them published on their website, so you can go get a cursory review out there if you want to know more about the others. Um, so we've got aviation, auto ISAC, um, even a water ISAC, um, anything that you can think of that. DHS has deemed critical infrastructure, there's gonna be an ISAC or an ISAO for that, absolutely. All right, so uh, zooming in, I guess, on space then, who mm -hmm. is the information shared with that we're talking about here and what analysis is being done? Yeah, so uh, for space ISAC, we have an international community that we are building, so it's still relatively new. Um, so we're looking at the global space community here, uh, sharing information with one another. Uh, it's stood up by the private sector. So although we have a lot of support uh, from the US government to collaborate with them as we desire, this is really the private sector um, standing up. It's a 501c6 and it's a membership-based organization. Um, and we look at all of our members from the private sector to include universities, so that's nonprofits, 
uh, university affiliated research centers, FFRDCs, so federally funded research and development centers. You said it acronym heavy. <laughs> yeah, they're all over this. Um, I, I forget about how many acronyms there are. So the members um, are not just the uh, for profit companies because there's so many other facets to space research, especially in innovation that come out of uh, the universities that we didn't want to forget them. You know, some you know, ISACs are not actually permitting universities to join, uh, but in the world of space or uh, within space and protecting that critical infrastructure, we couldn't leave that out. Okay, awesome. Now, you got into uh, Space ISAC through the fundraising. You've, you've held a couple of different roles, uh, different titles in Space ISAC. Mm -hmm. um, your current role is VP of Ops. You've been there since last fall. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what's your current focus? I'm curious what your day-to-day -day, like business life is like. Yeah, uh, so current focus, we just announced uh, a general membership is open for Space ISAC. Um, prior to that, I spent the last year uh, building out the board of directors for Space ISAC. We have a great board. Uh, if you check out the names of the people and the companies that we have involved, um, it's very impressive. Uh, so the leadership there, um, I've been very excited to see the growth of the organization and the leadership coming together. Um, we have companies like Kratos Defense, uh, Booz Allen Hamilton, Mitre Corporation, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, um, just to name a few, Parsons Corporation. And um, all these organizations serve as board members. Well, um, we're working on continued governance structure being built every day. There's more that needs to be done all the time. Um, and that's okay because an ISAC has a lot of uh, built-in like frameworks and policies that are needed to enhance trust and maintain a level of trust over time. Um, but now we've entered the phase where we really want new members to join. Uh, we're prepared for them to join and offer them uh, different benefits to being a member. Uh, and that could be anyone from all across the globe who is involved in space in any capacity that can apply to join space ISAC. Okay and we'll dig into that in a little bit as to mm -hmm. who you want in there and <laughs> who should who should apply. Um, mm -hmm. Personal question I guess for now if you feel comfortable yeah. answering it. Um, I imagine they don't just let anybody fly the plane right that's that's a phrase that comes from my operations management education where they're like they're not going to let you fly the Concorde every day right uh, you got to yeah. kind of prove yourself and uh, before they let you into the cockpit and flick the levers of that so mm -hmm. you know what are your recommendations for getting that trust necessary for people to let you fly the plane in this sort of security field because um, personally I don't think I'd be allowed to do it. Okay, um, let's see. Well, I think um, if you're talking about the role of the National Cybersecurity Center and operating the space ISAC, then we are flying the, the bird, the plane, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we're, we're flying, we're steering uh, towards, I think, um, a destination where we're going to be able to have a global community like I've been talking about, but we didn't get there um, just by saying, all right, we're going to do this. Um, there, there's a lot of history to the Space ISAC. Um, I think it started even before I was involved. So I'll back you up to like 2014, 2015 timeframe. Um, a couple of years worth 
the research that the S&T Partnership Forum was conduct conducting. S&T Partnership Forum is chaired by NASA, and then they have partner organizations, the US Space Force and NRO. And what they saw is that we're on a trajectory to grow the space economy, space industry to a trillion dollars by somewhere around 2040, maybe sooner, right? And um, we really needed, as a result of that research that they were doing, they saw we really needed public-private partnership to break down the silos. So at that point in time, um, they started engaging the private sector. And uh, throughout the course of engaging the private sector, they uh, approached a couple of different companies and then the National Cybersecurity Center. And um, together, we all decided that we're going to really stand up um, this organization kind of at their request. Um, so the White House requested, suggested, said this needs to happen. They're all in to support a public-private partnership. Um, but they really, as I keep saying, you know, this is led by the private sector. It's not led by the government. They needed some nonprofit to be an serve in an intermediary role. That's my primary background, um, is forming essentially technology transfer or public-private partnership type. Um, groups out of nonprofits. It's always, in my experience, and it's always been about um, building a community and building a collaborative organization. Um, and I've always used nonprofits to do that. Um, so that's the role that we're in now. That's how we got there, um, is because the White House made the announcement. But we had to have nonprofit and we had to have industry to lead the way. Hey, this is Jason Canigan from Cold Star Tech. Thanks for listening in. I'm going to quickly interrupt the interview to talk about a new course I am offering for space startup founders. If you're a space startup founder and eventually you're looking at getting invested in, getting some of that good old venture capital pouring into the system, uh, then you're going to need this because I have done tons of one-on-one -on -one calls with space founders and discovered several consistent things that are just plain missing from their businesses. And uh, these things are so important that every time a VC looks at your pitch, they're going to say, nope, no thanks, bye-bye. And so if you want to avoid that problem from happening and actually get to the promised land of being funded, then sign up. All you have to do is go to this address and drop in your email and sign up for it. It's coldstartech.com SBM. That is for info about the course, and the first part of it uh, will be given to you as it comes out. So go check that out. Do it now before you forget <laughs> if you're a space founder. And now let's get back to the interview. I'm going to read this out because it's a lot of words. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, obviously, this whole idea goes back to before what I'm about to say here. In May 2019, there was an executive order that came out. This is the part I need to read. The Executive Order on Securing the Information and Communications Technology and Services Supply Chain. And uh, I did a, a episode kind of summarizing it back in uh, the fall on the other series that I do called Make Space Boring. The Department of Commerce had asked for input uh, on it at that time. Has that executive order affected you in the organization in any way or is it a separate thing entirely? Um, well, my response to you on that one is that anything that points to uh, protecting critical infrastructure is going to benefit the space ISAC in some way. In this case, that's a subset of our focus. Our scope is, you know, anything that's in the space mission. Uh, so we are heavily dependent upon the supply chain and um, we're also heavily dependent upon protecting that supply chain 
um, as part of our mission. So we're gonna spend a lot of time building out capabilities within the ISAC to share information around protection of supply chain. And uh, another thing that came out shortly thereafter, after that one is the PNT services, critical infrastructure protection uh, executive order. And that one is another subset of what we do. So as we continue to build on these opportunities to point towards protecting critical infrastructure, the SpaceX Act will have, the membership will have more leverage to be able to ask for space to be at large dedicated as critical infrastructure. All right. So, so we're making progress. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a good step in the right direction. <laughs> All right. So at this point, you've got uh, some governance guidelines set up you're, you're continuing mm -hmm. to work on that i was all over the website looking <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, i could see the progress there uh now let's get to who you're looking for as member partners for space isac uh, what, what do they contribute what are the expectations and who exactly are you looking for as a member mm -hmm. um so we're looking for members to be part of the space mission um they can come from um, any part including cybersecurity for space uh, that's uh, definitely something that we're considering is that as more companies spend time studying the security elements of space, then they're going to actually develop that as their primary business model. Um, but in addition to that, we really would like to see companies uh, vetted for their status within the space industry. So if they are part of uh, manufacturing or launch or their SATCOM provider, uh, maybe they're part of uh, providing the ground station network. Uh, any one of those elements, maybe uh, they build components that go on satellites, uh, regardless of where they fit, then uh, we would like to see them join as a member um, so that the information sharing can take place across the entire sector. Uh, we don't want to get too heavy in one area and not represented in some. So we've even considered um, and asked for members to join from the data processing and cloud computing uh, part of the market. And that's gonna be really relevant as we're doing more and more of that um, in our virtual environments. <laughs> and uh, the space services are actually dependent upon that taking place. Okay. And I'm gonna go come back to this question then of, of information, uh, that there is a word <laughs> that is a noun. <laughs> what, what are we talking about here in terms of exactly what kind of information you're looking to be shared amongst the members? Yes, um, threats, intelligence, uh, incidents of compromise, anything that would be considered like a security incident. And um, within the ISAC, then it's anonymous. So okay. um, our um, promise to the ISAC members is if they give us an information that they want to remain anonymous, it has to remain that way. Um, so there's also information that can be shared that's to members only. So if you are a member and you want to be available to members, then that's who it's available to and that's it. And uh, so that's why it's really important that when we vet members and we determine that they are a leader in this space industry, they are um, recognizing the importance of security for space and that they don't have any uh, nefarious activities in their history, that we're, we're doing that on purpose. It's very intentional so that the trust is there within the community and they're willing to share that information with one another. Otherwise, it erodes the entire purpose of the ISAC. All right. 
And in terms of volume, how many alerts or, or information sharing incidents, I guess, a day are you planning to, to experience? Um, it depends on the level of involvement from the membership. Mm -hmm. um, and it also uh, depends on the analysts and their, uh, the sharing that takes place because there may be a lot of opportunities for sharing where the analyst community, so members have analysts that work for them um, or they, there's someone who serves in an analyst capacity and they will have the opportunity to meet on a regular basis. And there's a lot of work that can be done in those meetings that kind of obviates the need to share alert, share an alert to the entire community. Um, but there's other things that happen too, like um, requests for information can happen within an ISAC. So you're really just trying to get the members to respond. Uh, as, a, as a member, you would release a request for information and then members tell you what they have going on in that area or what they know. And that, that work um, is important to be considered within the scope of, of information sharing because it's not just about an active threat or an active attack. It's also about preventing those things from happening mm -hmm. in the future. Right. So I guess that leads to a question and, and if there's any security or compliance issues here, um, avoid them, right? Don't say anything yeah. that you don't have to, right? Uh, but I am curious that what the KPIs are for this. Uh, how do you know you're doing your job, right? Or doing a good job? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think uh, enhanced security posture from members as they report back to us uh, over time, the results that they're seeing, uh, the attacks that have been able to be mitigated. Um, you know, there's also... So, other things that the ISAC will take part in, like recommendations for policy changes, because uh, the members of the space community will have opinions on topics, right? They'll come together on, formulate a white paper or something, and then that will go forward potentially as a recommendation for a change or an enhancement. Um, and so I think bringing the community together and seeing active exchanges is what we'll be measuring for success. Hmm. The whole the main problem that ISAC solves is that there's silos in the community. Mm -hmm. Like right now, if you're a company that participates in the space sector, you might be a member of a group um, that's like a professional networking group for space, but you're not necessarily part of a group because there's not another space ISAC. So you're not part of a group that its main reason for existing is sharing information around threat intelligence. Okay. Um, so that's good. and and. So is the organization offering kind of a, a, a banner as well for white papers to go out under or recommendation papers? Uh, yeah, I will let you know when that comes out. Um, it's not out right now. Uh, our focus right now is to put together a webinar series and then to set a date for our annual security summit. Ah, okay. uh, so those things are in the works. All right, and obviously it's like, how are you gonna hold that summit? Is that a virtual thing or an in-person thing or what, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's still up um, there. there's a lot of ideas from the membership right now on what we can do webinars on. There's some hot topics out there. We might address some of those. Uh, and then uh, most definitely when we have uh, members all come together at the security summit, uh, we'll be addressing in a larger forum and non-members can attend that as well. Uh, some of these major issues that are facing the space community today. Okay, um, so let's finish up with this question then. What sorts of space info and security concerns have your attention for the future? What, what are you looking forward to solving over the next little while? Um, there's a lot of 
a lot of space issues out there. Uh, so I think communities of interest uh, within the space ISAC will form around certain more niche areas, but ultimately those areas do impact the entire community. Uh, so like managing space debris, space traffic management, that's a big one. Um, spectrum management, another big one. Um, we've also got um, some emerging fields like blockchain for security mm -hmm. is emerging. Um, and a lot of that applies to doing supply chain management. Um, so those are a few of the things that I see. Uh, also, you know, next generation of security techniques and uh, tactics and procedures, things of that nature. Okay. Um, where can people go to find out more? Let's spell out what the website is, I guess. Yeah, s-isac, s-isac.org is the cool. website. And I'll include that in the description below. All right, my guest has been Aaron Miller, VP of Ops for uh, Space ISAC, the National Cybersecurity Center. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is Jason Canigan, the host of the program. Thanks a lot for listening to the Cold Star Project. If you want me to send you new episodes of the Cold Star Project so that you don't have to go hunting around for them or watching YouTube or anything like that, go to this page coldstartech.com slash msb that's short for make space boring which is what we're all about and uh, drop in your email address there and i will be able to do that for you make space boring is another little show that i run it's a shorter format quick interviews and uh, news of the day and sometimes an update of who i'm meeting and what i'm learning in the space field it's on the same cold star tech channel speaking of which on the youtube channel i can do something i cannot do on the audio only version which is add playlists and so there may be topic area playlists on the youtube channel that you would be interested in digging into and going down the rabbit hole and learning uh, more about. For example, space law and policy, space situational awareness, the lunar mining and construction and fun stuff like that. So go check that out. Uh, that is at coldstartech.com play. That's the short link to get there. Anyway, thanks for listening and I look forward to talking to you soon.